A message for everybody that's ever been fucked over in fantasy by a stat correction. Maybe the worst stat correction of all time just occurred this week when a man lost a million dollar bet when a sack from last Monday night's game was changed to a run play. Yes, that's right. I said it. Mr. Rob Hunts thought he had won a million dollar prize all Monday night. And then when he woke up Tuesday, he found that one million dollars from DraftKings had been reduced to a mere three thousand seventy eight dollars. Brandon, have you ever been fucked by a stat correction in fantasy? I have been, but not with that much money. I mean, <laughs> I, I I would have cried. I would have, because you know he reached out to everybody that he knows, right? Like, he he absolutely went out and, do you think he bought anything? Do, do you think? I'm, I'm sure he, like, pro- he probably sent out some texts, you know, to, like, his mom, like, Mom, I'm buying you a car. You know, he probably celebrated that whole night. Probably bought, like, you know, an eight ball of Coke. Um, he, I, I mean, he probably went all out. I have to assume. I would have partied. I would have definitely went nuts. I mean, I'm, I'm calling off work. I'm calling off work for the whole week. Um, going to Vegas. Yeah. Nobody wins a million dollars and then doesn't celebrate. So, yeah, that's rough. Um, I think we're one out for Mr. Rob, dude. Mr. Oh. Hunt, apologies to the cruel, cruel world of both sports and betting. Yeah. That's that's two worlds that can just absolutely crush you as a human, and that might that might have been the worst beat, sports beat all year. It's definitely one worst of the worst. Ever all year. Definitely one of the worst I've ever heard. Um, yeah, so you almost have to wonder because I, I'm reading about it, and they're saying that the play is still it's kind of a question mark. So it's kind of a subjective choice because so they could have easily left it. They could have easily left it. Uh, but they opted not to, and it cost this man 900 and whatever amount. Um, now, do you think DraftKings had anything to do with that? <laughs> Absolutely not. There, there, there's no insider trading. DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, all of them are making so much money. A million dollars ain't shit. So, I mean, that's 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 kind of – it's all on ESPN. I think it's all on the broadcast. I don't think that's on – on DraftKings one iota. Yeah, so it sounds like it was one of those daily fantasy contests. He was, you know, they have those million dollar contests. And uh, so he went from the definitive first place team to tied for sixth place. So the good news is still a pretty good payout, 3078 I've entered those million dollar contests and I've certainly never won a penny on them. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a little bit lower than a million dollars. That is brutal, man. I, Oh dude. Yeah. That's, that's so tough. Pour one out. Indeed. The Dodgers win the world series, um, in an absolute wild weekend of, of, uh, that world series series. Um, I don't know. Did you see the game on Saturday night with the ridiculous end? Did you watch it to the end? Uh, I, I, I watched it live, but I was borderline blacked out after IU beat Penn state. Oh uh, yes. Um, yes. but, but yeah, that the air in the outfield and then the play at home. I mean, it was insane. It was, it was wild. Yeah. yeah. One of the wildest plays I've ever seen. I got to admit right after that play, uh, I was immediately thinking, man, maybe this is destiny. Um, I think if the Rays did end up pulling it out, it would have been one of the biggest upsets in sports history. 
because that Dodgers team, my God, just stacked. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah, so I definitely want to get more into the game and more into the series, but do you see this trend going on in in uh, major sports? The Lakers were by far the best team. Yes. They win it. The Rays, by far the most talented roster. They win it. The do- I mean, do you see the trend where I'm going here? The way you said um, you said the Lakers, I think you said the Rays on accident. No, no, the, the Lakers were the most talented in the NBA. Right. The Lightning were the most talented in the NHL. Right. And then now the Dodgers were the most talented. You know, these condensed seasons, less practicing. I think you're seeing talent far overweigh any kind of X's and O's or momentum or anything like that. Talent is prevailing so far in this 2020 COVID sports season. So does that mean the Bucs are going to win the Super Bowl? I think that means – I think the Chiefs are the best team. Uh, Man, I, I sure th- thought so at the beginning of the season, but, man, I don't know anymore. I mean, after you lose to the Raiders at home, everything's up in the air for me. They've had some close games. They almost lost to the Chargers. Obviously, the Chargers are a really good team, but I don't know, man. I think the Chiefs the Chiefs are a weird team for me. I I, I think they do have it all. I, I'm, I'm certainly not counting them out by any means. But yeah, uh, so it, it's it's just it's just funny again the trend that we're going here with with three three major sports championships, right. two of them in LA, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like it's it's been a no brainer. There's been no upsets. There's been no darlings. It's it's been the cream of the crop winning it all, um, which I just think is, is definitely something of note. You think that but has anything to, to do with the format? I think it does. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really think it. I think um, no fans, bubble, central location. Yep. Uh, I think all of that comes into play because again, it takes out the variables. these X factors. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It takes out these these things that definitely matter to where it just leaves the Jimmys and Joes, and the Jimmys and Joes are bringing up the hardware yeah. so far. And you know what? Uh, with the Rays. Uh, you know, they played the entire World Series, all six games, in the Texas Rangers Stadium. So there was no changing. Imagine if they mm-hmm. would have went back and forth between, uh, you know, the Dodgers clubhouse uh, and, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays Stadium. Those, those would have been two pitching stadiums. So maybe, you know, the Dodgers don't go yard quite as few times. Uh, the Rays are, strike me as one of the scrappy teams who maybe would have fared a little bit better in that format. Yep. But, yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. I see what you're saying. Um, you know, without the fans, it, it certainly did cut out a lot of the variables, for sure. But let, let's talk a few variables in game six, because I think there, there, there certainly were a few. Um, let's let's talk the biggest one. Would you have taken Snell out of the game? No. I mean, it, you're, you're in our group chat. You've seen me rip cash the entire playoffs. Um, he pulled Morton in a game earlier. Uh, he's he pulled uh, Snell actually in another game earlier in the in the playoffs. Um, I think that you know analytics are great, but I think he falls back on them way too hard. You have a former Cy Young pitcher, who, by the way, at that point in the game was pitching like a point four five uh, WHIP, like was yeah. just dominating that game. Just gave up his second run of the game was pitching lights out, let's face it, against the best lineup in all baseball. I mean, I was furious when they took him out, just yelling at the TV as every Rays fan was. And, of course, materialized. And uh, Rays fans, man, you should see how angry Tampa is right now. It's insane. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at the box score. Uh, maybe you don't already. What was his pitch count at? Oh, damn, only 73. Yeah. Oh, no. Unexcusable. Inexcusable. Uh, the Rays were weirdly cruising in that game. Now, they had the lucky. I'm, I'm going to say it's, it was lucky because it really was. The Rosa Reina uh, home run, which is the only score of the game up to that point. If you saw that ball, it was like it was out of the strike zone, which is, dude, how incredible is Rosa Reina? I mean, they, they were saying it in, in the in the one of the earlier games in the World Series. It's as if the baseball gods dropped Barry Bonds out of the ether into yeah. the Rays lineup at the perfect time because they said it, it's a fact. Without Rosarena, the Rays might not even make it past the first series. Um, I mean, the guy hasn't even played 50 MLB games. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible. He basically came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, he, he was good. He was good in the minors. So I, I don't know if you heard his story, but uh, this year he was certainly going to be called up, but he actually got COVID. And I didn't uh, hear that. yeah, so he, he, he struggled with COVID for a lot of the year. Um, he got back into shape just by doing push ups at his house. Obviously, they called him up, uh, you know, just prior to the, uh, the old jailhouse workout, huh? For, for <laughs> sure. I mean, the guy is, is an incredible, he's, you know, he's one of the Cuban, uh, just phenoms that came out of there. He's 25 years old. Uh, he already has the most home runs in, uh, MLB postseason history. Uh, much, much to the uh, you know discontent of Yankees fans, by the way. But yeah, man, uh, everyone's going to question the move. Um, if it worked out, so, for so them, you're, you're against it. You're against it. Even the, I know you're a huge analytics guy. We haven't really talked analytics and and Moneyball as far as baseball, but you bring up pro football focus all the time, and and the and the advantageous schemes and everything you can do based on what PFF says. Every analytics said to pull him out. Yeah. So why are you why are you against analytics here and for it in majority of other instances? Because I think sometimes you got to play the feel of the game and, and also consider the situation. The guy just gave up his second hit of the game, and yeah, if you look at Snell's uh, uh, pitching stats this year, you know he's he's kind of fallen since his Cy Young year. His Cy Young year was unreal. It was just dominant. Uh, but he's yeah. he's really bad when he gets through the lineup the third time. Um, yep. So he he's one of those players that you you want to pull him at that time. But in that situation, I'm sorry, he was pitching lights out. You just gotta you gotta monitor the the chemistry of the team and just realize you know er, nobody like if you saw everyone's faces, nobody liked that move when it happened. And yeah. sure enough, it bit him in the ass immediately. It wasn't even like it took a little bit of time. Just straight up, just started hitting right against the guy that, that replaced him. Terrible call. The only, the only national media guy, and I, I brought up this show last week because uh, I still watch. I think it's still one of the best sports shows on. Is Pardon in the Interruption, and Tony Kornheiser said it wasn't taking out Snell that was wrong. It was putting in Anderson, who's been getting lit up. Now, did you read anything why Cashman decided to put Anderson in? Was it a was it a split thing? What, what was this decision? behind putting Anderson in, do you know? Uh, he just, I, I'm not really sure, man. To, uh, Anderson's, yeah. Anderson's been horrible. Uh, honestly, I, I think Cash got so lucky through the entire playoffs, um, and that just kind of was a crowning you know, moment to a lot yeah. of bad decisions. All the other ones seemed to work out for him. That one did not. Um, yeah. yeah, man, it's disappointing. It really is. The Rays will be good again next year. Uh, the Dodgers will be good again next year. Um, and, but I want to ask you a question. 
Uh, from, sure. from just a third-party perspective, uh, I'm actually a fan of both these teams, weirdly. But uh, is there an asterisk for this World Series? I don't think so. I, I don't think there's an asterisk in, in any of the three. Um, you know, I... You know, people who have been listening long enough didn't, you know, I was like too much money in pro sports going to happen, going to happen, going to happen. Um, I don't understand why there would be an asterisk. Um, you know, the teams are still playing the games or some of the baseball games were abbreviated seven games, whatever, whatever. But, you know, no, no real major players missed in COVID um, there. They it went largely interrupted on schedule. I don't get why it would um yeah so no i don't think so do you I, agree disagree oh, i 100 agree i think it's ridiculous um i think you know uh yeah it's it's teams that don't like the dodgers that are saying it but man it's been all over the internet um houston fans are even saying it because houston fans of course they want to get any chance they can to call another team the asterisks but yeah i mean everyone was on an equal playing field it was a shorter year so yeah, if you want to make the argument that they didn't have to go through the 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 regular the grind, you know, the grind yeah. of a 162 game season, then okay. But every team had that same makeup. Yep. So um, exactly. honestly, yeah. Uh, and by the way, the Dodgers would have fared better in a 162 game season than almost any team because they're one of the te- deepest teams in baseball. So honestly, it's it's really all pretty nonsensical if you if you think about it. Of course, everyone wants to take a shot at the champs. Uh, the we were talking about, you know, everyone in Tampa has been saying Tampa's title town. L.A. is title town this year. Um, it's going to be a battle. And with two really good L.A. teams in, in the NFL, uh, we could see another title possibly. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, so, again, we, we touched COVID when there wasn't any sports. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it is Justin Turner have the bonehead of the year move? I mean... Yeah, it was just dumb. completely irresponsible. Have you ever seen one of those, you know, one of these situations and you're like, man, that was dumb. But then you, at the same time, you're kind of like, I get it. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. Imagine your team winning and you can't go out on the field with them. Like, was it dumb? Yeah. Justin Turner would say it was dumb. I guarantee it. But I get it. Yeah. I mean, how many people get to win a, win a championship? Not many. You know, probably less than 1%. Let's also of, talk about let's also talk about Justin Turner, who went from a kind of mediocre player, if you look at him before the Dodgers, to coming into the Dodgers and being one of the best hitters in all of baseball for several years. Um, oh yeah, he was there for almost all the Dodgers' heartbreaking losses in the postseason. Um, I get it, man. Yeah, it was dumb. It was really dumb, but I fucking get it. I probably would have done la- the same la- thing. Yeah, last question I want to hit on, and then we'll move on from baseball. How bad did you want to see Clayton Kershaw come in and close that game? Uh, I was sitting there like, oh, I want Clayton to go in so bad. I want him to go in so bad. You couldn't pull Urias because he was, no. you know, lights out. Um, but holy shit, I wanted Cl- I wanted him just to come in to see if he would choke again. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying bring him in to to close it out like a champ, but no, you you wanted to see him fail. I get it. I, get, I wanted I get to see angle. him fail again. Yeah. I get your angle. <laughs> no, dude, Kershaw, give it up for Kershaw, man. What an incredible postseason for him. Uh, but yeah, it would have been kind of nice. But uh, dude, I'm I'm glad. I'm happy for Kershaw, man. That guy's been yeah. given a lot of flack, and he's one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time. And that was a hell of a playoff performance. You got to give it to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, all right, you ready to move on? Anything else you want to touch on with this game? No, man, that's the longest we've ever talked about baseball ever. <laughs> I know. We, well, when the when the Lakers won, we, we talked about that a while, too. I mean, put yeah. it this way. We're not talking MB, NBA or MLB no. for probably the next six we, months. We just put a 15-minute segment up uh, for, for baseball for the World Series. We also put a 15-segment up for the Lakers right after that, and uh, that is the most you'll ever hear us talk about any of their sports. Okay, <laughs> on to real sports. On to real sports. Uh, well, real sports light, because we're going to talk college football real quick. Um so Oklahoma State is number six in the country in the Big 12, and Cincinnati out of the American is number seven. Now, knowing that their conferences are horrible, do you think they should get in over maybe a one-loss Penn State or a one-loss Georgia? Like, do you think – like, it's kind of the UCF conversation a few years ago, right? Do these, do these teams in lesser conferences – do they are they legitimate teams if they go undefeated? I actually disagree with the UCF comparison. Here's why: because at least UCF had to go cross conference. Um, I think yeah. that it raises even more of a question mark when these teams aren't even playing out of conference games. So yeah, yeah, the Big Twelve. Oh my God, what a clusterfuck! Terrible, terrible conference yes. that is. And without them playing out of conference, yeah, you have to factor it in one hundred percent. I mean, they're not playing any Big Ten teams like a lot of Big 12 teams often do. Um, I'm sure there were some SEC matchups that were scratched. So, absolutely, you have to take that into consideration, 100%. Yeah, no, that's so – it'll be fun to monitor um, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, but let's be real. Nobody wants to see them in the top four. Nobody – and they shouldn't be, and they, they, they don't belong. I hate saying that. But uh, but they don't pull just off. off the like right now. Just sitting right now, and and I know Big Ten is is so fresh. But who are your four teams in college football? Uh, yeah, Alabama. Yep. Clemson. Of course. Ohio State. Yep. And then that fourth team's tough. You know, I think I think I think a one loss Wisconsin. Like if Wisconsin loses, well, their game's canceled. But let's say Wisconsin loses to Ohio State in the Big uh, Big Ten championship. I think they're legitimate. If, if Georgia's only loss is to Alabama. I think they're legitimate. Um, yeah, I, I I think the three teams are a no-brainer. It's that fourth team that's that's interesting right now. I think Alabama-Clemson is certainly a no-brainer. Um, every, I, I'm sorry. I want to see Trevor Lawrence face off against Alabama in the championship one more time. Um, you know, obviously, he just crushed them the first time around. Uh, you know Alabama wants that matchup again, and let's face it, the Besides a couple games, the Alabama-Clemson rivalry has just delivered. So, uh, I'm, you know I'm always – I always say I told you so. I'm not, I'm not humble whatsoever. But I called a few months ago Notre Dame being a national championship team. I said Ian Book could be a Heisman finalist because Notre Dame has a national championship shot. They're fifth in the country, and they play uh, Clemson in a week and a half. So um, they they could be a team, you know. If their only loss is the Clemson, I think you got to put Notre Dame in too. Yeah, and you know, I I I don't know. They they struggled against who do they who do they 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 their second game of the season they struggled horribly. Syracuse uh, or North Carolina yeah, or or, yep. or someone like that. It was some, the guy that Trevor Lawrence replaced, whatever team he's playing for. But anyways, yeah, they they showed some rust at the beginning of the season, but they've come around one hundred percent. Yeah. So, I know you want to talk about it, so let's just get to it. Indiana upsets Penn State, uh, much to your delight. Uh, yes. Big old, uh, big old Phoenix from from Tampa getting big, it done. Big Dick Phoenix. Big Dick Phoenix. 
So, uh, what, dude, I mean, how happy were you? And, man, we know a lot of Penn State fans. That had to feel good, just rubbing salt all day long. Oh, man. Especially, I'm from Western Pennsylvania, right? So, you, you, you either grow up a Pitt fan or a Penn State fan, but it's not like Florida where it's like 60-40 UF-FSU. Like, it's like 80% Penn State, 20% Pitt. So, like, majority of my family, a lot of my friends, Penn State fans. Uh, so, that, it felt really, really good. Um, did you see the highlight at all? I, I know you didn't watch the game. Did you see the highlight of the stretch? No, I did not. Is so, it, overtime? it was in overtime. But, again, only want to spend a couple minutes on it because it's Indiana football. But uh, Penn State pulled a Todd Gurley. They were up one with a minute and 43 seconds left. And IU only had one timeout. So if they kneel three times, they're punting it with like 13 seconds left, right? It's over. They run a run play, and IU just runs to the sidelines, and the dude sprints in for a touchdown. Wow. So Penn State goes up eight. IU goes the length of the field in uh, like a minute and a half, scores a touchdown, makes it go to overtime. And then Penn State scores in like three plays. IU goes all the way down, scores two, elects to go for two. It's a shit show of like Penix is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. No one's open. No one's open. He runs, stretches, hits the pylon, game over, IU wins. But of course, there's controversy in it. Some some people say the ball hit the ground first. Every better who lost on Penn State IU. DraftKings, did you see this headline? Uh-uh. DraftKings refunded every bet that lost on Penn State. Jeez. Because if you really do like the sports science, it hit the ground before it hit the pylon. Right. Um, so uh, it, it, was a, it was a really fun game. I was chugging whiskey in the middle of the streets, waving an IU flat. Uh, <laughs> um, wouldn't expect anything less. Right, exactly. It was a really fun game. Um, I've never had anything to root for in college football, so it's fun, which means they'll definitely lose the Rutgers this week. <laughs> Self-deprecating fans, my favorite. And yes. Yeah, you know that's me. You, oh. you had me as worst sports fan in your phone for half a decade. Yep, yep absolutely, especially with the Pirates. I've never seen a worst Pirates fan ever. And, spe- and speaking, uh, well, uh, Yeah, go ahead. Speaking of shitty fans... Uh, we are bringing back the segment. Uh, we're going to do a uh, fan bush. Fan bush. This week. Fan bush. We, we got a submission. We don't get many submissions. I think people are kind of nervous. They hand out their friends' personal information. But if you've never nah, heard of the, if you never heard of the the sports memory fan bush, uh, what you do is you send us your friends' information, your personal information. If you want to send us their social security numbers, uh, their mothers' maiden names, we'll take anything we can get. Uh, but we want to hear about terrible sports fans. And a lot of times they don't pick up the phone. I think we've, in our entire history, have had two people pick up the phone. But even if they don't, we're going to leave them a, a bad voicemail. So uh, today we got Cole, and I won't say his last name, but uh, he was set up by his boy Caleb, who said that he was a Brewers fan when they were good, and he had a jersey, but he never watched any games. Now he owns an A's jersey, which is confusing. We were talking about it earlier. If you're going to be a bandwagon fan, don't choose the fucking A's. Go hard. Go Yankees. Go Dodgers. Like, come on, man. The A's? So that's what we're going to talk about with Cole. Uh, and we will see if he picks you, up. You got to love the fans that don't watch their own sport. 
right? <laughs> what the fuck the worst? So many of them. I mean, I, I know so many fans that if you actually ask them about their team, how many guys repping Dodgers jerseys this week uh, watched maybe four? Yankees hats, Steelers yeah. hats, Bulls hats. Yeah, dude. You know how the end of the Bulls when MJ was there. Really, dude? Have you watched five games since then? Have you ever met like a guy that's like a Lakers fan, a Dodgers or like a Yankees fan and a Cowboys fan? They're out there. They're fucking I'm out sure there. sure there are many. All right, so here's Cole. Let's see if he picks up. Your call has been forwarded oh. to an automatic voice message system. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. Two, one, six, one, right, we'll four, four, eight is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Cole. Uh, it's your boy, Jerry, uh, calling from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers uh, ticket office. Um, anyways, man, I uh, just wanted to follow up on your inquiry from a year ago. Uh, last year, when the Brewers were absolutely raking, uh, you were requesting information about tickets, and I'm just following up on that. So uh, if you could please give me a ring back. Uh, my name is Tony. My phone number is 774-887-4452. Again, my name is Tony, and I work for the Brewers. You inquired about some tickets. Please say you're not an A's fan, motherfucker. All right, bye. All right. <laughs> That was cool. He's so confused. And uh, you know what? He's a bad fan. That's right. So, uh, hey, Cole, a big fuck you guy. You know what? Uh, the nature of this, I can't obviously reveal my phone numbers. So we do star six, seven, these phone numbers. So it does come through restricted. Uh, so I appreciate people that don't pick up because I don't pick up any restricted phone numbers. And I kind of question the people that do. The people that have um, picked our up own, our own friends don't pick up our numbers. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> One of our friends knew he was about to be set up and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. What's All your, right. Want, want to get into an awesome slate of NFL? Yes. This is a great week of NFL games. Um, also some huge blow ups, blowouts on tap, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at this slate of NFL games and I'm thinking a couple weeks ago, this looks really great. Um, yeah. So, one of the most dominated uh, rivalries in sports history is our first game. New England at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by three and a half, which, man, you, Buffalo will celebrate anything in this rivalry. They're, they're, they're already celebrating this like it's a win. But will it be? And I, I, I think we need to go into this is the chicken and the egg uh, theory between Bilicek and Brady because both of them dominated Buffalo. But was it Brady or was it Bilicek? So if you're keeping track at home, Bilicek is 35-7 and seven against Buffalo in his entire career. That includes with the Browns, all of his teams. 35-5 and five with the Patriots alone. Brady, of course, uh, famously is 29-3 and three against Buffalo. So without Brady, does the dominance continue or is this a new chapter with Buffalo? Oh man, I think I think the chapter flips. I really do. Um, you look at the, the Patriots' offensive output: ten points, twelve points, six points, and they're playing decent defenses in the 49ers, Broncos, and Chiefs. So you know, it's not like they're playing you know Atlanta and Dallas out there. You know, um, you know, but so it's not easy to score 
But the Bills do have a good – the Bills are the best defense out of all three of those that I just listed. I think, again, uh, the Patriots aren't going to be able to move the ball. You you and I and, and a lot on this a lot on this pod were like, Patriots do it again. Geniuses for getting Cam Newton. Man, uh, that didn't that didn't age well. It, it looked great for two weeks. Uh, I think the Bills. I think the Bills win this week, and I think I think the Patriots season is officially over after this after this week. Yeah, I'm again. I'm not ready. I'm never. I, I will never stick a knife in the Brady or Billichek coffin uh, because I still don't know who it was that was. I think it really was a combination of both of them. Um, for me, yes, I'm going Buffalo 100%. I think Buffalo wins this game. Uh, at three and a half points, I might bet New England. In fact, this is one of my favorite money line because with that dominance, I mean, Bilicek just knows how to uh, scheme against this team. He is in this team's head like crazy. Uh, I love yeah. New England on long shot parlays this week as a money line bet. So, yeah, give me Buffalo. Just if I'm talking about, do I think they'll win it? Yeah. But is could I see New England easily upsetting this game just because of their history? Yes, absolutely. But I do think yeah. the age of, of the Patriots is co- coming to an end rapidly. I mean, Cam Newton, he can't throw downfield. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting three-to-one payout if you take the Patriots as, as road dogs here. Um, but, man, I mean... We, we talked about it last week. There are some teams without any talent. Like, uh, I mean, Philly has Miles Sanders, but, I mean, who who offensively would you take on New England right now? Like, I don't I don't know if there's a single skill position guy that would be like, I, I want that guy on my team. I mean, Quarterback, ha- running back, or wide receiver, tight end. No, no. A healthy Edelman is pretty much the only salvageable player in that entire lineup, but he's never healthy this year. Just had um, knee surgery. I mean, he's out a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, no, good. They're a disaster, uh, but they're a disaster with the greatest coach of all time. So I wonder how many wins they're going to scrap together this year. I think they do scrap together too many wins because they need to move on. They need to find their next quarterback. Or does Bill Belichick pull the ultimate move and just... If anyone's going to deviously just tank, it's Bill Belichick. Because Bill Belichick can win with the best of them. I think he can also tank with the best of them. I would not be surprised. You got to go to Stedham. I mean, believe it or not, Stedham is worse than Newton, if that's even possible, which I think it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad, man. I, I was kind of excited about Cam Newton's coming back, and I, I thought, you know, I was, I don't know. I, I think I kind of wanted Belichick to win the Brady-Belichick uh, saga in a weird way. What about you? Who were you rooting for in that whole contest? Uh, fuck, neither. Um, gun, gun to head, though, has to be Brady, right? Like, Belichick was just slimy. He is. Right? Like, just the, the cheating, his outfit, his demeanor, just everything about him is cringy. Now, Tom kiss, you know, lip kisses his kid, and, you know, you know, he has his whole thing. <laughs> he has his whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, want, I was on the Brady side of things if I had to pick, pick in that divorce. Yeah, what, I, what parent I'd want to live with. I think I'm kind of leaning Brady. Uh, one thing of significant significance that I did did just discover this week is if you Google Bill Belichick's wife, he kind of looks like a one Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I think he's got she's got kind of these gaunt features like Trevor Lawrence. She's blonde. Um, I think best of both worlds if Trevor Lawrence were to go to New England uh, for Bill Belichick because you know 
you know, late night film studies, looking over at Trevor Lawrence, kind of reminds him of the first time that he saw his wife. Um, I think there could be sparks yeah, there. De- I, Debbie's got some cheekbones. She does. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is a hot looking dude right there. It is. Wow. Very, very hot dude. Both Bill Belichick's wife and Trevor Lawrence, very hot dudes. Very hot dudes. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So Cleveland, after an exciting win last week, albeit against a really bad team in Cincinnati, uh, but Cincinnati, you say what you want about them, they can put points on the board. Uh, it was a oh, yeah. shootout, and Cleveland, in fact, did do really well. Uh, they fared well. Baker Mayfield looked even better when OBJ went out, but Cleveland is favored by two and a half at home. I'm not that surprised by that, but, man, when do we believe in Cleveland? When When is there a moment that we say, Yes, this team is good. Will there ever be that moment? Uh, not this year. I, I think they're firmly in tier two or three, and that's me being generous. That's probably the best compliment I've ever given given Cleveland. Um, but that begs the question. So I don't think they can beat a good team. Um, do you think Las Vegas is a good team? I don't. Um, Interesting. Why not? But what don't you like about Las Vegas? Uh, I don't like a lot of things about Other Vegas. than John Gruden. You can't say John Gruden other John, than him. John Gruden is the main thing that I don't like about Las Vegas. I, Dude, I'm telling you, if, if you lived in Tampa during the, the Bucks years with Gruden, you would just know what a terrible coach he is. And he's done nothing to prove me otherwise. He's good. Like I said, I said it earlier in a pod, he's good for three to four good game plans a year. And then the rest of the time, it's just very blah- um, I can't blame him against the Bucks, the loss against the Bucks, because the Bucks are a really good team, first of all, and they also had a ridiculously beat up offensive line. But so talent wise, I love the Raiders, but the coach is the biggest driving factor of the team. So for you to for me to make an argument that I don't like the Raiders and not use Gruden, it's impossible for me. Yeah, for for me, I mean it. Look who the Raiders have beat. The Raiders have beat the Panthers, Saints, and Chiefs. In my mind, I've said it. I think Carolina's making the playoffs. Those are three playoff teams. Right. You know, they have lost to the Patriots, Bills, and Bucks. That's a really tough schedule, in my opinion. That's 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 four, five out of six of those teams are making the playoffs. And now they're playing another tough team here. So I, I am going to say if you can be three and three after that record, they are a good team. And I like Las Vegas as a road dog here um, for, a, a, as a win simply because uh, Baker Mayfield can't string two in a row. That's, that's my whole thing. There's, there's no way he – I mean, you sent that chart. I don't know if you have that out there in the sports memory, but, you know, has a bad game, has a good game. Has a bad and it's just a fucking endless loop of uh, of of the Baker Mayfield experience. So I think Derek Carr throws for close to four hundred, and wow. it's a shootout. It's a shootout. I, I think it's 35. Uh, I think there's a lot of points there in Cleveland, um, but yeah, I do I do like Las Vegas this week. Uh, see, I'm going to go the other way. I like Cleveland in this game. Uh, I agree with you. Baker Mayfield can't string together a couple games, but I do think they might be galvanized by losing OBJ. Uh, Baker immediately looked better after he left. You got a guy like OBJ that just is constantly demanding the ball. Even if he's not saying it, I think it's always in Baker's in the back of Baker's head. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think they're a better team without OBJ, and I'm excited to see what Baker does without him. I think he's a better player without I'm him. Just, I'm just curious because four out of their five wins are the Bengals twice, the Cowboys, and Washington. Like, those four teams are probably four of the top bottom six teams in the league. Like, you know, the, the, the Colts win was a good win. That I'll give them that. That was a good win. But – yeah, I I don't. There's no way I think I, they they can put two in a row here. Yeah, it's hard to go matchups uh, in the NFL for me. Um, there's another team that's had some really bad matchups that we'll talk about in a second uh, that has a good record. For me, a W is a W in the NFL. Um, every W matters, and I just I, I like I still like the roster of Cleveland, and I like the way that they played at the end of that Cincinnati game. I also think Cincinnati is a weirdly again this year uh, underrated team. Um, they got a high-powered offense. They're going to be playing a lot of shootouts. Bet the over a lot against Cincinnati, by the way. Um, but, yes. yeah, I don't know what it is about Cleveland. I can't get over them. And Baker Mayfield, he constantly fools me, and he'll probably fool me again this week. But uh, there's a lot to not like about Vegas. Their offensive line, um, they might not have that complete crew this week again. So we'll see. But I don't know, man. I just don't believe in Gruden. I like, I like, the Vegas, I like Vegas as a roster. I don't like Gruden, <laughs> and I can't get over it. I will always bet against Gruden because I hate the guy. Got it. Got it. Let's 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 talk about two teams that I want to hear if you think they're contenders or pretenders before we get into the matchup itself. Are the Colts a legitimate playoff team that could win a game or two in the playoffs? No, because I hate Phillip Rivers. <laughs> can Detroit make the playoffs? And if they do, can they win a game? Yes. I do think they can make the playoffs, and I actually am weirdly starting to come around to like Detroit. Uh, talk about good wins. They have some good wet wins on their – on their. Uh, and weirdly enough, uh, I know they got, ended up getting blown out, but they were winning against the Packers early uh, the second week of the season. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know, man. There's something about Detroit. I, I almost think – I like – Patricia, I'm so back and forth. I've never been so back and forth on a coach. Is the guy good? Like, what is this guy's deal? He can put up great wins. Like, he beat uh, the Patriots, a really good Patriots team, his rookie season with Detroit. And yet, he'll just flub these terrible games. He's one of these guys I can't zero in on. I think he's a defensive genius. But, man, I think he's a, a, an average head coach. But I like Detroit. They, they got some moxie. Yeah, um, you know how much I when when the Colts lose, it's a good day for me as as I live here in Indianapolis, just because I'm a troll and I like seeing fan bases sad. Uh, but they, they're already counting their win against Detroit, right? If 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 the fan bases were looking ahead, that's what the Colts are doing here, and I'm with you. I I weirdly like Detroit, um, and you know they're one swift pass away from being four and two. They yeah. had the Bears beat. Yep. Um, and, and just unfortunately dropped it. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you on Patricia. He seems to win the big games and lose the games he's supposed to win. Yeah. It's, it's super weird. And that's why I like Detroit this week because the Colts are a favorite. Um, the, I know the Colts fan base is overlooking them. I, I do like Detroit as, uh, as an upset here. For sure. Uh, they're another one of the dog teams that I really like in a parlay. Uh, let's go over there. Yep. I mean, their losses. So they lost a heartbreaker in week one against the Bears. Good team, obviously. Uh, they got their asses kicked week two against the Packers. Third week, they beat the Cardinals, one of the best teams in the NFL, really. 
Uh, and then they yep. barely lose to the Saints week four. They crush the Jaguars, and then last week they squeak past the Falcons, the rejuvenated Falcons, though. You can't look at the Falcons at, where the, at, at the beginning of the year. I really do think they're yep. a completely different team. Um, yeah, Detroit, I think they're sexy, and I just fucking hate Phillip Rivers. And Matthew Stafford is still Matthew Stafford. So I always bet on quarterbacks, and I'm betting on Detroit's quarterback. Also, Galladay. Man, dude, I love Galladay so much. Um, I, I I think he's an underrated talent in the NFL. Yeah, I like Galladay. I like their tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Swift, ever since that drop, has put together really good. Uh, they got a nice one-two with Swift and Peterson there. Uh, I, I like their weapons. We were just talking about the lack of rep. Uh, Lack of guys in New England. I like the guys there in, in Detroit. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm telling you, Philip Rivers, he's going to put up some good games this year, but he, oh, man, he can look so bad. Just put a little bit, bit, bit of pressure on that guy and just watch him fold. Want to know how you beat the Colts? Stop Jonathan Taylor. Yep. If they go against a team, because when Jonathan Taylor can get going and the, the run sets up the pass, that's when Phil does well. When, when he doesn't have to put the team on his shoulders. Um, and, and I don't know much about the Detroit's rush defense. I, I, I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, but I think if you, I think the Colts are very easy to game plan against. And, uh, and like you said, I'll always take the better quarterback and, and there's no doubt that Stafford, um, is the better quarterback. Agreed. Definitely agreed. What do you think about Jonathan Taylor, by the way? Do you think he's a good player? I think he's a great player. Um, and he's, he's showing the ability to do a little bit of pass catching too. That, that was his big knock. Um, you know, Naheem Hines is slowly fading and fading out there because they're, they're leaving Jonathan Taylor in as a three down back, which is very surprising. Yeah. Uh, so just a little over four yards of carry, uh, he's running behind a really good offensive line. He doesn't get a lot of touchdowns. Um, yeah, I like Jonathan Taylor, but man, um, he's, uh, I, I would think he would do better behind such a good offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. He I, he had a, he had a couple rough games early on, but yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. The Colts are such a good team without Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I, I think, like, with Jameis Winston. Defense. Elite oh. defense. They might have the rookie of the year in Julian Blackman. He he, he is looking like an absolute steal. Um, Great yeah, defense. Yeah, I mean, that Colt, that's Colt is elite. That good, is an elite defense. Good in the trenches. Um, yeah, if if Indy had anybody else but Philip Rivers at quarterback, I'd really believe in that team 100%. So yep. sp- speaking of quarterbacks, the rise of Tua, we're going to see it this week. Uh, arguably the most polarizing. Well, I mean, now that Justin Herbert is just a bona fide stud, a lot of people obviously had questions about him coming into the year. But Tua, man, a lot of people doubted him at number two. Um I don't really know why. Uh, so the Rams come into Miami uh, with their new guy, Tua, the 3-3 three and three Miami Dolphins, and Miami is three-and-a-half-point dogs. Is this a trap game for the Rams? No, I, I think actually, I think if maybe Fitzmagic was in there, it, it's a look It's a, it's a look past game. Um, it's a trap game, as you mentioned. I don't think so, though. I, I think they're seeing, I think it's eating season for uh for Aaron Donald um and I, I'm gonna cringe every time he throws at Jalen Ramsey uh, I don't think he's smart enough to to avoid coverages yet um so well 
I do think Tua is going to be going to be a good quarterback. I, I think I think we're starting to see an evolution of smaller quarterbacks that that have velocity and can get outside the pocket, i.e., uh, Kyler Murray. Um, so I do like Tua, but I don't like him in this game. I think this game is a thumping. I I I, I like what I see out of the Rams. Um, yeah, I I unfortunately think it's it's a rough going for Tua in this first game. Yeah, uh, I think Tua is actually going to be a great NFL player. Like, great. Uh, I a lot of people have knocked him down, tried to take him down. I think this this trio that we're seeing of Burrow, Tua, and Herbert is going to be just a fantastic uh, trio that is going to run the AFC for years to come. We talked about it on Monday. Um, Tua, I mean, he's historically great to say the least in college. Uh, his sophomore year, listen to these stats: he threw for thirty nine sixty six yards, forty three touchdowns. 4, 000, yeah. Six interceptions, 190 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns. Uh, his rushing abilities, by the way, are actually over-exaggerated. Um, he's not as... I think people just assume because he's a black quarterback, or he's not even really... Is he black? Is, is he Samoan? No, he's a lion, Samoan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think people just assume uh, that he's a, a, a running quarterback because he's kind of this undersized guy who can't get out of the pocket. He's really not. He's a guy that's a re- that's really good uh, with his feet. Um, a guy they compare him to is Drew Brees, and I love the comparisons. Uh, he's really nifty with his feet. Um, he's got a really quick release. Uh, he's extremely accurate. His throwing ability is really underrated. But I do agree with you. I think the Rams are going to eat him alive this year, and here's why. The Rams are one of the most underrated teams, but there's a little bit of a trap in here that I think that has to be pointed out. So the Rams defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL on paper. Uh, but if you actually look at their composition, you know, besides Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, like, you know, obviously that's a great twosome, but they really aren't that deep on, on the defensive side. Their defense was pretty bad last year. So um, I got to I gotta ask you. So here's some Rams defensive stats, which are pretty incredible. They're second overall in points allowed. They're sixth overall in yards allowed. To opposing quarterbacks, they've only given up eight touchdowns and they've gotten six interceptions. Uh, so from a fantasy perspective, don't start any quarterbacks. But hold up, because they've played six games and four of those games have been against the NFC East. So Yeah, they, 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 they play Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, uh, Carson Wentz, and uh, I mean, Dak, Dak's, Dak's really good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, six out of those seven quarterbacks stink. Bad. I mean, okay, Wentz doesn't, eh, Wentz kind of stinks. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I think those are a little inflated. I'd like to see uh, probably a regression a little bit there. Water probably finds its level. Uh, but I don't think it matters in this game. I, I think they do what they do have been doing um, for Tua. I, I do think he's going to be a great player, just not this week. Yeah, yep, I, I agree with you. Uh, the Rams, their defense, and dude, you think Tua's been watching some game film on that defense and his hip has been hurting a little bit, watching Aaron Donald come through like a bull? Dude, when, oh when you get God. injuries, uh, when you have an injury in, in sports, if, if you don't have a short memory, man, that shit can get to you. And Tua yeah. had a terrible injury. I mean, some people thought, you know, they were compared to the Bo Jackson injury that, that took him out uh, for his career. Um, yeah, cut off some buds, possibly, you know, was a career-ending injury. 
Uh, yeah, it's terrifying. And you saw what Aaron Donald did to uh, Alex Smith on his welcome back game. I'd be terrified if I was Tua. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, we, let's get to the game of the week. I can't wait any longer. Yes. Um, Pitt, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Um, before I get into my definitely biased opinions here, let's hear your uh, kind of objective uh, third-party take on, on this game. So I've been sucking – uh, the Steelers dick all year and I'm not about to get that you know I'm not about to stop the suck fest uh, because they've done nothing to make me think that they aren't just going to continue to dominate um, they fare very, they match up so well against Baltimore in my opinion um, without Devin White yeah it, I, I would have loved to see him in there I think they I think it's a much closer game if he's there um, with his athleticism, but still, Pittsburgh, man, what can you not do against Pittsburgh? You cannot run the ball. So I'm really curious, you know, how this quarterback slash running back in Lamar Jackson is going to fare against such a dominant rushing defense. Three and a half points for Baltimore, another team that I'm stacking on my parlay, and I'll give my parlay, you know, towards the end, but that's another team that I'm putting in. I'm betting on Pittsburgh money line to win this game. Man, um, yeah, that, that, that's a great take. That's a great take. Uh, Steelers have contained Lamar. They're one of the very few teams that have, uh, and I think it's because they play that 2-4-5. Uh, they really spread out their defense. Yeah, not having Devin Bush as a spy really, really hurts, but they normally play about five or six DBs anyway. Um, you know, they, they do they do a kind of a 2-2-6 um, or, or a, a 2-3-6 quite often in, in their formation. So I'm not too worried about containing um, containing the Ravens offense. It's it's the defense that is really good. Uh, and and John Harbaugh is an elite coach. We, we kind of shit on John Gruden, talked about how Mac Patricia was suspicious. There's nothing suspicious about John Harbaugh. He knows the Steelers. He knows how to win. And unfortunately – the home team tends to win in this rivalry, which I think is the best rivalry in all of the NFL. So I, I love the Steelers getting three and a half because I do think this game is decided by a 52-yard field goal by Justin Tucker as as time expires, and, and they win by three. But I think this game is, you know, your your traditional 20 to 20 to 17, 21 to 17. Uh, 20 games, really, really close, really, really competitive, really tough to score points. I expect maybe a big play in special teams or or a pick six. I think a defensive touchdown in this game is almost a give me, um, especially with, you know, Big Ben and Lamar. They both both like to be gunslingers here. So I, I think it's going to be an amazing game, but I'll take Pittsburgh with the points, but I'll take the Baltimore money line. Yeah, uh, and that that's all. That's very fair um, and as objective as I think you can be. Um, I think the you know it, it's really the biggest variable is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. How does he perform? You can't throw three picks in this game and win this game like you did with the Titans. That's for certain. Nope. If he throws any more than one pick or has any more than one turnover, they're done. I agree with you there because yep. the Ravens defense, as good as the Steelers defense is, I mean they're like one and one a. Uh, so it's going to be tough. Uh, the thing that I hate about the Ravens this year is their run game. Like who, yeah. who is their goal line back? Is it Gus Edwards? 
Um, Mark Ingram sucks this year. Just absolutely sucks. And uh, Do- Dobbins? I always forget his name. Dobbins. Dobbins, is, Dobbins yeah. does not look good. He does not look like a great player. Um, I heard a lot of people talking about him. I didn't know much about him in college. Everything I've seen out of this guy, he looks pretty average. Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards appears to be their starting running back. And I think that's a interesting factor in this game. It's going to be a grind em game. Really like what I'm seeing about, out of James Conner this year. Weirdly enough, he's been de- he's been better than I thought he could be this year. So, Oh, I mean, remember when people were saying Benny Snell's the number one running back there and yeah. James Conner's on his way out? Yep. He, he, he surpassed everyone's expectations. I had written him off. I was ready for Benny Snell football to take over that backfield. I Me like too. the way Benny Snell runs north and north and south. You know, Connor's a little bit more east-west, but it's worked. And uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Honestly, shame on us for betting against any Steelers running back that can stay healthy. Because no matter who it is, whether it's Richard Mendenhall or Willie Parker, Willie fucking Parker. Yeah. Dude, would you even know Willie Parker's name if you didn't go to the Steelers? I don't think you would. No, no. <laughs> so, cool. uh, so we're pretty split on a lot of these games. We It'll are. be interesting on, on Monday to see, uh, see how this ends up. Yep. I, I got, I think I got a really, really nifty parlay going, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see here. Yeah. Let's let's gloss over this game real quick because I think Denver is a bottom three team in the league and and there's just nothing really. Is there anything to talk about other than when does Vic Fangio get fired? Is is that the only storyline in Denver? Yeah, so Denver uh, only three point dogs with that, which I think is a little bit surprising. Uh, Denver, no matter how bad they are, they're so good at home. They're kind of like the Chiefs in that in that manner. Like when the Chiefs were as bad as they were before Alex Smith got there. They would still get kind of a leg up uh, on from Vegas because of their home standing. Um, and let's face yeah. it, the Chargers have dropped some bad games this year. Uh, they can't seem to just pull away in any of these games, which is kind of bizarre. They've also had a brutal schedule. Yeah, it's true. But um, Justin Herbert, man, I think Justin Herbert just rolls in this game. And yes, we can gloss over too. it. I don't think I don't think we need to even talk about it. But Other than we love Justin Herbert, and this class is setting up to be the best uh, quarterback class in since the 2003 Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Manning. We're seeing a That's renaissance. It's a renaissance. Uh, I mean, if, if if Baker Mayfield can can kind of pull back in and, you know, with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the, these these past few quarterback classes have just been elite. Kyler Murray, I mean, give me a yeah. break. It's it's getting ridiculous. Uh, Daniel Jones looks like he's probably a bust, but, uh, yeah, just saying. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky bust. I mean, they're going to be busts. Yep, but. Just great athletes, too. So many of them. Kyler Murray, uh, even Daniel Jones hitting 22 miles an hour. Like, these guys, where where the fuck did they come from? It really is a renaissance of quarterbacks going on right now in the NFL. Yeah, let's let's, speaking of quarterbacks, let's talk about the MVP only being a three-point home favorite. Um, I think that might be the gimme bet of the year Um, because I think San Francisco's pretenders, you know, I know they've had some nice wins. But, man, uh, Seattle's coming off a loss. I think they just light a fire, and I think they win by two touchdowns plus in this game. Yeah, see, um, I gotta, I, I've given this guy so much shit, uh, but i got to tell you, uh, Kyle Shanahan has done an incredible job of coaching this year. Uh, do you remember a couple years ago when uh, you know they were a really bad team, but George Kittle broke the tight end receiving record? 
and they were yep. grinding out and almost winning so many games with their third string quarterback. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best in the business. You know, say what you want. He's dropped some, obviously, heartbreakers. He's obviously the orchestrator behind the 28-3 loss uh, in the Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. But uh, I think that has more to do with Falcons' stank than it does San Francisco. I think he just came across a absolute juggernaut last year in the Super Bowl. Uh, if I had to rank coaches in the NFL, he would definitively be in my top five. Uh, but Pete Carroll would be there too. So this is a tough game for me. I think that uh, Vegas is giving San Francisco some love and only allowing San Fr- Seattle to be you know three-point favorites because Seattle's defense is so bad. Um, and that's, um, that's always going to keep... Look, look at the Vikings. The Vikings almost beat Seattle in Seattle. Are, is, is San Francisco better than the Vikings? Yeah, I would say they are. So, uh, you know, that, that almost loss to the Vikings makes me question. I think with that Seattle defense, what Vegas is thinking is that any, any opposing team is always going to be in any game because that defense is so bad. Yeah, I, I, don't, like, I don't like San Francisco with the points, um, but you're right. I'm looking at the Seahawks schedule. Four out of their five wins are by a touchdown or less. So they're not blowing out teams. Um, because of their defense is so bad. So, um, you know what? I'm not going to backtrack. Fuck it. I'm not going to backtrack. Seattle does not lose two in a row, and uh, they blitz, absolutely blitz San Francisco. I agree with you, by the way. I'm taking Seattle 100%. I was just trying to play devil's advocate there because I really really have – dude, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, you lose your best defender. He has done an incredible job of coaching. I think it really needs to be given up to him. I mean, dude, he yeah. loses a new running back every week. He pulls running backs out, and they're like, ooh, look at this guy, and then he goes down. It was it Jeff Wilson this week? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not just running backs. He's had he's had two quarterbacks. He's had four running backs. He's had a, a rotating wide receiver crew. Kittle's not 100%. Their defensive line is decimated. You know, this his his coaching performance this year, I think, I think San Francisco probably goes 7-9, 8-8. To but he probably is in – he's not going to win. But I think he's probably in Coach of the Year conversation, much like Tomlin was last year when the Steelers won 8-8. Eight and eight, right. right? Like everyone was saying this was Tomlin's best coaching season to go 8-8 eight and eight without Ben. I think the same can be applied for Shanahan this year with the, with the hand he's been dealt. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, Russ, is he, is he truly the MVP candidate? Uh, there's another name that seems to be emerging. Um, obviously, no. Is he a candidate? No question. But if who do you think is going to win MVP candidate. this year? I still think it's Russ. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady? Know, Aaron Rodgers is certainly up there. Tom Brady is certainly up there. But, man, what did you lead this conversation off with? Seattle has a bottom five defense. And they're five and one, going to be six and one. And in my opinion... Um, I, I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Want to know why? Because of Russell Wilson. That screams me most valuable. Most valuable. Dude, Without a doubt. Tom Brady is, can't say enough about this guy. God, he's incredible. He just keeps delivering every time you count this guy out. He has, currently has 18 touchdowns and four interceptions. 18 touchdowns and four interceptions. And this is after this brutal game one against the Saints. I just, there's nothing else to really say about this guy. If you still don't think that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, you're insane. You really are. You're, you're absolutely insane. 
Are the Bucs incredible? Yes. It's one of the best rosters in the NFL. Tom Brady is 42 fucking years old. He is still doing this. You couldn't put Peyton Manning. Look how bad he was towards the end of his career. Peyton Manning plays one more year on a really good Broncos team, by the way. They might not even make the playoffs. That's how bad Peyton Manning was. And he wasn't even 40 years old He's on pace for his statistically, well, not statistically, but at least quarterback rating, uh, QBR. He's on pace for his fifth best ever. You know how many good seasons he's had? How many MVP seasons? How many Super Bowl runs? This season is is on pace to be his fifth best ever. Um, And they don't even have Antonio Brown yet. Don't even have a I, think they, I think if they make the Super Bowl, he will win the MVP. I think I think whatever quarterback out of the NFC, whether that's Rodgers, Brady, or Russ, I think I think that's going to determine who wins the MVP is who who ends up playing in the Super Bowl. Well, we're already talking about Brady, so we might as well jump into this game. A huge line in this game. Uh, they're favored by ten and a half over the Giants, who almost beat the Eagles last week. But who cares? Uh, the Eagles suck. So uh, ten and a half. I mean, do they clear this? It's a lot of points. It is. But the Giants are also really bad. Every every fan in Tampa is going to want to come to my house and beat the shit out of me because I think the only storyline for Tampa Bay in this game is stay healthy. The Giants' field has absolute has s- stolen a lot of good players from teams this year. So if I'm Tampa Bay, I am get in there, get out of there, healthy. And that's it. I think I think that's the only thing out of this game is take care of business and get the hell out of MetLife. Yeah, I like the Giants covering in a weird way. Um, and here's why. We were talking this week about our love-hate relationship with Colin Cowherd. Um, and Colin Cowherd had a take, I think it was, it was either, the, I think it was this week. I think it was Monday, uh, right after that game, or, or Tuesday, or whenever it was. Um, he did have a good take about the Giants, which is undeniably the Giants have gotten, how, with how terrible they are, and they are really bad, they have progressively gotten just a little bit better every week. Uh, they almost beat the Rams. They almost beat the Eagles, who, by the way, I think the Eagles are weirdly on the up and up. That's just me. Um, and I think that they're clear favorites to win that division at this point. But uh, almost beat Dog, the- Don't talk about the Washington football team like Yeah. <laughs> Uh, obviously, it's still up for grabs. I mean, literally any team could still take that division. But 10.5 points is a lot of points. Um, I, I, What about the 46 points for the over-under? Smash that over, right? Smash that oh, over. Oh, for sure. I for mean, sure, yeah. That's, that's so, another part of my parlay that I'll get into on Sunday. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Chris Godwin is actually out again. Uh, broke, mm. broke, broke a finger on a pass, which, which begs the question. Uh, people question Brady's velocity. He's breaking fingers out there, man. Um, yeah, I, I like the Giants to cover. I think, you know, the, the this is going to be a weirdly tough game for the Bucks. I think that they're going to have to scramble for a win. They don't have Goblin this week. Goblin was a huge uplifter for them last week. Uh, it's going to be all about how do Grunk and Scotty Miller play, weirdly enough. And then, of course, the defense is going to do their thing. But um, I think the offense struggles in this game. We'll see. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the Giants to cover. Uh, that's They're four and three against a spread. And when you're one and six, being four and three against a spread is, is very impressive. Um, so I, I like them to cover too. Again, I, I think their, their losses, as you mentioned, um, four of their six losses have all been within, a, within one score. So they are keeping it close. But yeah, again, um, knock on wood, whatever you want to say. 
just get out of there healthy, Tampa. We we all want to see a healthy Tampa. Um, makes makes things uh, better in the NFL. Agreed. Great storyline. They are an, a really interesting storyline. And, man, when A.B. comes back, that is going to just be fascinating. I can't wait. God, the shit show that is A.B. I can't look away. It's like roadkill. It's like roadkill. you hear Arians pimping that out? Rave reviews. Rave reviews out of Buccaneer camp. Uh, yeah. I mean, Arians said just straight up he would never sign Antonio Brown. He said that earlier yep. in the year. Uh, I love, dude, I love it, man. Go for it. Uh, That's how you know it's Tom Brady's team, FYI. Dude, it's always been Tom Brady's team. Uh, Everyone knew that. And, dude, if anybody can keep A.B. in check, it's Tom Brady. And let's face it, dude, A.B. looked fantastic in that one game. And they have chemistry. They looked fucking amazing together. Uh, A.B. had, like, two days of practice. Came in, scored a touchdown. Looked incredible, by the way. Vintage A.B. Incredible hands. Got separation. Unreal. Agreed. Agreed. Any other games you want to talk about? Yeah, man. Uh, I what I, I I just gotta I we gotta touch on this last game. Dallas at Philly. Philly's favored by seven and a half. So clearly Vegas thinks that this team is is pulling away. And I think at this point it's it's a no brainer. I think Philly's gonna win this division. Um, I also weirdly am starting to like Philly. Okay, so here's a couple things about Philly. Uh, they are getting more and more healthy. Uh, they haven't had Goddard the majority of the season. He's going to come back, uh, not this week, but he should come back soon. Uh, the best tight end duo in the league by far. Um, they, 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 they're without Miles Sanders, but he'll come back, right? It, it wasn't he, He's out for what, I think four weeks? I think this will be his last week out. This will okay. be his last week okay. out. Okay, so yeah, not even. So Miles Sanders, when Miles Sanders comes back, dude, we were shitting, we've been shitting on Carson Wentz all year. Dude, he is trying too hard to win games, but I weirdly like Carson. what I'm seeing out of Carson Wentz just these past few weeks. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he's crushing it. Um, and he's, he's played some bad teams or whatever, but could we possibly see this team just be one of these just random teams that rumbles in the playoffs with some momentum and possibly plays you know upset to some teams? I think we could. I think, I, I think they're an interesting storyline to watch. All they got to do is just win this division and try to get hot by the end of the year. Uh, we know what they can do in the playoffs, and when this team gets hot, they are hot as fuck. I don't know, man. I they're they're a weird dark horse for me in a weird way. So three weeks ago, again, here's another another Brandon told you so. I said this was our overreaction show. I was I said the Philadelphia Eagles were were going to win the NFC East. Yeah, and I you agree said with you. I don't. And, I, and you were like, that's not an overreaction, yeah, Brandon. I agree with you. Um, because at that at that time, they were um, – at that time, they were one in four. Yeah, they were one in four at the time. So it was, it was three weeks ago. Um, and, and again, I, I agree with you 100%. Do you remember – I don't remember how many years ago or who they beat, but remember when the Seahawks won the division at seven and nine and then won a game in the playoffs? Yeah. They, That's they, what I think happens here in Philly. They beat the I, Saints. I think, I think they, they beat the Saints. Yeah, you're right. Yep. They beat like a 10-6, and 11-5 Saints team, like a really good Saints that team. Was the, that was a beast mode, uh, ridiculous run where uh, – and I still think this is bullshit. Show me some scientific facts that support this, but they say that the crowd got so loud it measured on the Richter scale. <laughs> 
people. Yeah, say. that's that's a bunch of bullshit. Classic. But that's what I think. What happens here? I think I think they go maybe uh, six, eight, and one, or, or seven, or six, eight, and nine, whatever, whatever the record is. I think they finish with a losing record, and I think they win a game in the playoffs. Yep, agreed. I think they're. I think they could be a scary. They're, they're one of these teams that they're these scrappy dogs. You got to shoot them in the head, or they're gonna come back and bite you. I'm telling you. Should have went for the head. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, this is one of these teams that they, if they get hot at the end of the year, I still am not ready to give up on Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. The guy is trying too much because his team sucks. He, they, his team sucks. His offensive line sucks. His receivers suck. Um, they're getting back their uh, number one, their first-round pick from last last year, who's been gone all year in Rager. Um, and uh, once they get back Miles Sanders, they get back their tight end duo, the offensive line gets a little bit more healthy. The defense gets a little bit healthier. I'm telling you, this team still has something in them. And just because they've been kept around by this terrible division, don't keep this team alive. I'm telling you, they're going to cause some chaos later in the year. Yeah, all they have to do this week is beat something called a Danucci. Um, <laughs> What's it? What? Wait, wait. What is? What is this? I, I, he's so forgettable. What is his first name? His name is Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. And there's a, there's a reason I know him is because he played at Pitt. I know. As you, as you know, um, I, I was a Pitt fan gro- growing up, so I do follow that program a little bit. He couldn't beat out Nate Peterman, who we know is just, you know, all-worldly. He can't beat out Ben P- – or uh, he can't beat out Nathan Peterman. And then he left Pitt because he couldn't beat a guy named Kenny Pickett. Um Kenny Pickett is horrible. So that's a, that's a, as much as I need to know. He couldn't beat out uh, Peterman. He couldn't beat out Pickett. I don't know how guys like this exist in the NFL, but somehow they do. And uh, I can't wait for him to throw three interceptions and get murdered. <laughs> All right, guys. So flight to Tunisia means we are wrapping this thing up. But uh, I do want to give my parlay because I've been thinking about it a lot. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so um, there's a parlay out there that I like, and for, for you guys that don't know, I don't like to make a lot of bets. I'm not one of these guys that's going to make 50 bets and try and break just over even. I like to take just big old swings for the fences. So my bet yep. this week, uh, give me the Raiders against Cleveland. Um, hold give on, me, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, you already have the payout figured out. Do I have to do uh, this? No, I, I do not, but they're all dogs. Okay. So give me okay, the Raiders, Raiders against Cleveland. Give me Detroit against Indianapolis and give me Miami against the Rams because there's something sexy about a talented young rookie coming in to a decent roster. Um, Like we were saying, I don't think this is a game that Tua pulls it out, but what if I could really see a Justin Herbert like spark coming into this game? Uh, Vegas, Vegas has not yet adjusted because they have no idea what Tua brings to the table. I think Tua is a special talent. And I do think that there is an outside chance at home that they pull that game out. So that's that that three game parlay pays out thirteen to one. Okay. A, uh, a ten dollar bet nets you one hundred and thirty eight dollars and thirty three cents. Boom! I'm taking that for sure. So you know your monster nine game parlay. Yeah. You realize you hit six out of nine. I on know. That? I know. And I, I was watching it like a hawk. I I could have cashed out. When I, I didn't, I didn't, and because cashing out's also for pussies. Yeah, for um, sure. But so it was, it was a ten dollar bet, and you hit on almost all of the one o'clock games. I could have cashed out for like 
$87 before the Browns came back because we all we all picked Cincinnati. Right. Um, but until God, they almost happened, did it, though, they almost did it. They almost did it. They Yeah. So that, that game ended it before it got to the afternoon games. But yeah, you almost won me uh, like 80 bucks um, with, with that bet. So yeah, I had it right in. I, I put I put yeah, 10 bucks, through, just guys, like I said. Through. Yeah, I, I I really do like that par- parlay a lot. But we'll we'll talk about that more at the Vegas show on Sunday. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Sports Memory. Uh, please subscribe, share, and we love you all. Have a great night. See you.